Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Kate Wilson. And I'm Anna Shaw. This week I spoke with Carolyn Breeze, who's the general manager for ANZ at GoCardless, and Luke Fawcett, who's the director of sales for ANZ at GoCardless. And this was a really interesting conversation uh, looking at open banking and how open banking APIs can be putting the power back in the hands of consumers, which is a topic that I really like the idea of, you know, putting the control back in the back in the consumer space rather than it just being dictated by, you know, the options that are available to customers. Um, we also spoke about how merchants can be onboarded easier and faster using the technology that GoCardless offers. And also, given GoCardless has been operating in the UK, we spoke about what lessons uh, came out of the UK and how these can be leveraged in Australia, given the UK is ahead of us in open banking and they've got you know, a few years head start. Yet I think there's some similar challenges that can really be learnt uh, in Australia. And I think that it's almost a a test scenario we can learn from here, having seen how everything worked um, in the UK, see how, you know, what, what the needs of consumers and businesses are in Australia. Um, and I think one area that I really enjoyed with this episode was that the idea that, or one of the comments that got made by Luke actually was that a perfect open banking solution should be invisible. So we were talking about, you know, there's, there's low awareness of open banking in Australia and we've seen similar in uh, the UK as well. So, you know, does, does awareness need to really increase in order for consumers to be using uh, or taking, you know, benefiting from open banking technology? Um, and this idea that it, it should be invisible, you know, you shouldn't be actively thinking about it. It should just be easier to do certain tasks or, um, you know, have certain things be just faster or more, more streamlined. Yeah, it's a really good point, I think, around that idea of open banking being invisible. We've been looking at um, awareness of open banking in our studies, both in the UK and Australia, for a while. And I think it's pretty clear that while consumers might have heard that term before, they probably don't have a great understanding of what open banking is. And if you don't work in this industry, um, potentially it's not something that, that you really need to know about either. Probably it's, it's more what that front end customer experience looks like. Um, we've done some research as well in, in the UK about what customers are interested in from an open banking perspective and also in Australia, I think um, the aggregation service kind of makes sense to consumers as a, as a, as a product or a service offering, um, but really where there's a lot of opportunity for open banking, I would imagine, is where there are solutions that really solve customer problems and a customer might never realise that that is an open banking solution or might not even be aware that anything has really changed. They'll just see um, an easier uh, onboarding experience or an easier um, experience for them, um, which is really what we're we're trying to get to with open banking. Definitely, and I think anything that helps make you know processes easier for consumers, but also business owners, was something we discussed. So not just thinking about you know how can we make it easier for consumers to you know change products or change banks. It's also for the merchants. How can they have more information. How can they use data better? How can they leverage existing technologies? Uh, so it was a bit of a different conversation to some of the other ones we've had, but it was definitely an interesting one. So let's let's go to the episode. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the RFI Group Global Digital Banker podcast. And with me today are two people from Go Cardless. So we have Carolyn Breeze, who is the General Manager for Australia and New Zealand, and Luke Fawcett, who is the Head of Sales for Australia and New Zealand. And we're going to be speaking about what Go Cardless does, and then also open banking payment solutions, and a little bit about 
putting control back in the hands of consumers and business owners in terms of their payments needs. So to get started, I'm going to hand over to my guests to introduce themselves and explain what they do at GoCardless. And then we'll talk a little bit more specifically about what GoCardless is and the journey of, of this organisation in payments and uh, open banking as well. So Carolyn, I might start with you to introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Thanks, Anna, and thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm the GM of GoCardless for Australia and New Zealand. So I've been with GoCardless now for almost two and a half years. And my role was uh, one of the first boots on the ground to help build out the team. And that included feeding back to our product and development teams in the UK to make sure that we updated the product and made it you know, fit into the Australian market. It also meant building out the go-to-market strategy and understanding the value proposition for this market, partnerships we should work with, and building the sales team. Great. And Luke? Yeah, thanks again for having us. Uh, so I'm Luke. Uh, I head up our sales team here at GoCardless in Australia and New Zealand. So uh, two years ago, almost to the day, I was being dragged around by the scruff of the neck uh, in London with Carolyn on my first two weeks. Um, which seems like many moons ago, but we've, we've achieved a lot in a short period of time. But uh, it's my role to um, primarily lead our sales team, so our go-to-market team um, here. So I've worked in payments for a little bit over 15 years, so using my knowledge to help us sort of work out, you know, how we go about um, building our presence in the market. Um, and then a few other hats, so um, feeding back information um, to our core product teams and our schemes teams that, help sort of refine not just what we do now, but help us understand where we go in the future using, you know, new technologies like the NPP or, or Payments New Zealand. Fantastic. And it's a good point that being overseas seems like a distant past. I think that's for anyone in Australia, it's even the idea of going overseas seems very foreign. So hopefully we'll be able to do that later. Um, but thank you both for those introductions. Um, Carolyn, do you want to tell us a little bit more about GoCardless and the work that GoCardless has been doing? Sure. So GoCardless is an account-to-account -account payments platform that focuses on bank debit or bank direct debit globally. It started over 10 years ago. In fact, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary this year and we have 65,000 merchants globally. The majority of those um, use us directly. We've built dashboards around direct debit and brought it into the 21st century. And we also have some great partnerships with people like Xero, Salesforce, Zora globally, where we help their clients as well accept recurring payments. GoCardless was the first um, organization globally to stitch those bank direct debit networks together. So if you're an Australian business, and you want to collect bank debits in other countries like the US or the UK, you can do that with one integration with GoCardless and we can either settle locally for you or settle back to your Australian bank account, whichever suits your business best. Um, so we've really democratised that bank debit space, invested in the technology around it. You know, if you look back over the last 15, 20 years, there was a lot of in innovation in credit cards and wallets, but no one had really tapped into the account to account space. Um, and then, you know, we work with everything from large enterprise accounts where we're helping them, you know, get rid of that archaic batch processing and operational heavy side of um, bank direct debit processing. And we also work with small to medium businesses. So some are using that pool payment technology like bank debit for the first time and replacing traditional invoicing. Seems like there's a lot of knowledge and experience that's gone into that. As you mentioned, 15, 20 years, the landscape changes 
quite a lot. And I think with with new innovation, um, and we'll talk about fintech a little bit later as well, but it seems that there's so much scope to make things better and more efficient. And it seems like GoCardless is really in a great position to help both, you know, in, in the UK, but also in Australia. And it'd be good to know, Luke, potentially you can tell us a little bit more here, what the experience was like of actually scaling GoCardless in Australia and some of the challenges that were faced in that process as well. Yeah, sure thing. I think the the other thing that makes what we do really special in our market is I could probably count on one hand the number of payment specialists that operate and and work within a business that are really laser focused on on payments and the complexity that comes with that. So for any other business, um, it's, it's a small piece of what maybe a lot of people do or it's a small piece of what one person does. So... You know, we, we really like to get involved with helping to navigate that complexity. And with so much change going on in the market, um, this is the probably the time where they need that expertise the most, where they can lean on people to go away and, and do that real grunt work and, and research and help them formulate their strategies. And I think that's, that's probably one of the challenges that we've got compared to our colleagues in the UK and the US we just, we just don't have that penetration of specialists. So our messaging needs to be different. Um, and the way that we go to market needs to be a little bit different to the rest of the world. And I'm sure every international sales team as a part of a global organization will, will say this, and this is probably the second or third time I've said it, but um, taking back to the business those idiosyncrasies that make um, us different um, to make our customers different and have their voices heard um, has been a really important part of my job over the last couple of years, um, as well as operating on a completely different time zone and, um, and pushing in because in an international organization that's grown as fast as what we have, um, it's as much about Carolyn, myself and the rest of the team gathering as much research and, and customer voice as we can and taking that to the business um, so, you know, things like the MPP and open banking um, are very different to what the UK would call faster payments and open banking. So um, educating internally and even our CEO loves getting on calls and talking to us about, about the market and, and how we prepare for the near and, um, and future future. Now, you mentioned research, which I can't help but comment on given the fact that I'm working very heavily in the research space um, but we actually have some data that shows that only 16% of Australians are aware of open banking so this is a little bit higher for those who are older um, is that something that you see I mean is this something that's a challenge is it just something that is kind of the nature of of what open banking is because I think in London you know it's been around a little bit longer but I don't think the awareness stats are that much higher given how long it's been there do you have any any thoughts on that? There's, there's two sides to it. So a, a perfect open banking solution is, is invisible. So there's definitely more than 16% of the population who would have gone through some form of open banking journey. They probably just didn't realise it or the brand that they're engaging with, they trust enough that when that consent flag has come up, they've, you know, they've just ticked a box or said yes. Um, the other part is we are so early in the journey of what open banking has been um, has been created for. And yep, it was about making it easier for us to switch our mortgages and change our banks. That was 
um, Scott Morrison's intent by creating and pushing for open banking. But there are so many different experiences that can, can be created. And we're using open banking to help a business identify the true identity of a customer when they're signing up for the first time. Um, and we're making the payment journey for an account to account payment even more seamless than we've already created. And when those things start to become prominent across the brands that we engage with day in, day out, like, you know, you look at Uber, like there was the Uberfication of everything, you know? So it's going to take someone to build an experience that people stand back and go like, wow, that's, that's different. And then recognize the benefits and then scale that across many, many different brands. Love that idea that a perfect open banking solution is invisible. I think that could be a tagline for something, but it's just, it's such a good point where just because you don't know the term open banking doesn't necessarily mean you're not benefiting from it or um, able to actually have a huge advantage from using it, such as being able to switch seamlessly. Um, and that's something we've seen in the UK as well, the ability to switch accounts a little bit easier than in the past. Um, and on that topic, I suppose, you know, given the fact that you're in Australia now, are there any specific key learnings from the UK that you've brought to Australia? Uh, I think what we've been able to understand is talking to merchants about how they utilize these tools and they're all different and what that means to them. So is it about helping acquire customers faster? Is it about um, mixing up the payment methods that they have to de-risk themselves against going too far down one payment method where they can't back out and leveraging commercials. Um, but it's also very different. So the way that open banking has been rolled out here is, is different to the UK. So um, it's exciting to see the changes that are being made to how an organisation like ourselves can get access to open banking and our network of merchants. And you know, that's, that's probably one of the more exciting things that we've seen in recent times is up until a month ago, we were really unsure around the scalability in the short term of open banking tools because you had to go through that six to nine month accreditation process just to get access and touch the data, whether that was just a, a yes or a no. So, um, you know, we're already building and already have launched open banking and instant bank, bank, bank payment solutions in the UK. So we'll start to leverage that in order to show organisations what it really can unlock. And then thinking about the benefits of GoCardless specifically, Carolyn, it'd be good to know from you, how does GoCardless really help small businesses and startups to actually improve cash flow and keep track of payments? So what are some of those key benefits that users are actually able to access? Sure. So I think direct debit in its raw sense is actually really difficult for small to medium businesses to access. So prior to a platform like GoCardless, a small business would have gone to the bank and asked for access to pull money from people's bank accounts and that would have come with maybe a reserve in place or some guarantee that they were going to do, you know, the right thing. Um, the other piece is that, that it would then be up to that business to gather the account number and the BSB for those people, store it securely and then, you know, push the payment through to the bank um, for processing and that's quite arduous and time-consuming and if there's any errors in that process, you know, it all bounces back. So, 
GoCardless has completely democratised bank direct debit for small to medium businesses. You can be up and running within a day. Um, we, do, we automate everything for you, give you all the tools to collect information and slip it easily into your invoice or when you're setting up a new customer. Reconcile with your existing accounting software or CRM. So uh, one of the most beneficial um, partnerships for us, it's a win-win for both of us, is our global partnership with Zero. So any business on Zero can opt to accept direct debit by GoCardless straight out of um, the Zero platform, which is fantastic. So what one side, it's democratising and giving them access to that pool technology to enable them to um, take control of their finances and not, you know, help them kind of remove some of those cash flow issues. We know that that's a huge problem, particularly in Australia for small to medium businesses. It's one of, I think it's one of the four reasons why most businesses shut down within the first 12 months. So uh, if we can give them any tools to help them manage their finances, then yeah, we're doing the, doing the right thing by the market. So yeah, that would be probably the biggest benefit for SMBs. Yeah. And the, and the same challenge applies. You know, we talk to businesses now who are who have generated tens, if not hundreds of thousands of customers, some even millions, which it's less of an issue about, like Carolyn said, going to a bank and waiting four to six weeks for a credit manager in a bank branch to approve your limit. But it was more about the technology. So, you know, as, as we mentioned at the start, there's been so much innovation around, you know, payment service providers focused on Visa and MasterCard because it was the easiest way that they could scale globally. And, and they rode off the back of e-commerce as the traditional shopping cart checkout experience. Whereas there's probably more volume in traditional non-discretionary spend payments like your energy bill or your tax bill or um, your telco bill. And that needed as much focus. So organizations from the middle in corporate all the way up to enterprise have challenged with implementing technology that's made direct debit work as well as it has the innovation investments they've made in credit cards. So um, we think that we can not just unlock small business, which helps them get access to the payment method earlier. We can help larger businesses with the technology complexity that, they've pre that has previously been a barrier to turning on account-to-account -account payments. I think the idea, anything that puts the control back in the hands of the people who need it, so those managing their business, those trying to grow their business or even maintain their current customers and continue to provide what they need, I think is so critical. And to have found a solution that really does help that, I think is it just shows how, I guess, scalable it is still and also why this is such a, a valuable solution um, and something that I imagine will will track quite well in Australia. Um, thinking about, I guess, that, that technology solution and the way that you're able to help businesses, do you see any specific gaps in the market when it comes to payments or is it mainly just those ones that you brought up around direct debits and um, cash flow and sort of the wait times as well? I think the, the challenge is more so preparing organisations now for a pretty significant amount of change that will happen in the preconceived idea that they may have about direct debits. So, you know, you talk to a, a gym now and they're probably collecting direct debit information from their customers on a piece of paper. So the idea for them that they could maybe use open banking to help a customer verify their bank account details at the time they join is pretty revolutionary for then 
that individual who's probably the owner of the gym to then reinvest that time back in personal training sessions where they can, you know, generate 80, 100 bucks an hour. So that's, that's unlocking small business. Um, but with the amount of change that will happen between now and the middle of next year, if you're not thinking about what instant account-to-account payments and instant direct debit looks like in a business, um, whether you're a gym, a software business, a telco or an insurance company, you know, I think now's the time to start to maybe reach out and ask for some help. Mm. Can I just add to that? I think that open banking um, and, and the launch of these tools and, you know, pay to next year. And I think that'll open up a bunch of different gaps because we'll start to see consumers wanting more out of the open banking APIs and looking to us as an industry to innovate and create these solutions. And so I think right now we've all got an idea of what we wanted to deliver to market using those tools. But I think that that gap will, you know, there'll always be opportunities for innovation. Um, and I'm really excited to see actually how customers take on um, the new technologies and then drive more opportunities for us really to create better experiences. Absolutely. And I think given the examples as well that have been provided, you can see it's not just a specific type of business. It's the local gym to the big business to, you know, franchises. It's kind of something that can really help both consumers and businesses of various sizes, which I also think is why why it is so exciting. Um, and Luke, you wrote an article recently about how open banking is reinvigorating the payments ecosystem. And in that you talk about why you feel open banking is a really exciting opportunity, both for financial services as an industry, but also businesses specifically. Can you talk us through a little bit of um, a little bit about that and also just why you find this so exciting? Well, change, change is exciting when it's happening at a regulatory level. So um, when, when there is such a huge amount of weight behind the build and the launch and the regulation behind payments, particularly financial services, um, it's enough for people to stand up and think, well, how can I make the most out of this? And how can we um, build something that is meaningful to our merchants to help their payers engage with them and collect revenue? So um, open banking, like we spoke about at the beginning, is the beginning of that journey. Um, but potentially the one that takes the longest to truly saturate. Um, whereas, you know, instant account-to-account -account payments and, and pay to, which is instant direct debit on the new payments platform, everybody in Australia has a bank account. So we don't have to worry about the wave of, of trying to get people to sign up to the idea of this new payment method, like this new digital wallet um, or this new type of card this is something that everybody already has today. And in some way, shape or form, they probably wanted to use that payment method in the past, but they haven't been able to do that. And we've come a long way from the time where my wife and I got our first mortgage and the, and the bank manager told us to just, you know, keep everything in the offset and put everything on the credit card and wipe it at the end of the month. You know, people are way more, you know, financially literate around making payments the way that they want to, when they want to and how they want to. Um, and all of these tools that are coming to market will help to create the perfect storm for payers and for merchants. Yeah, I think that when people also experience new ways of paying or even when thinking about, 
you know, a few years ago, instant payments wasn't something that we really expected. It was fine. You know, you knew it took a couple of days, whereas now you see customers specifically complaining that their bank isn't offering OSCO. They're not offering, you know, instant payments. They're frustrated that they get that with their this bank, but not this bank. And I think it's amazing how expectations shift so quickly. Oh, we're so impatient now. Like it's, you can, you get served things up instantly that we never thought would exist. And, um, you know, we think that there's a real opportunity for account to account payments to, to disrupt e-commerce. Um, it's going to take a few businesses taking a chance on um, investing in, in the launch of that. Um, but we think that, you know, particularly for high value items at checkout, where the economics of taking a payment via a bank account, when, you know, maybe that's a custom item or maybe that's something that needs a bit of preparation before it ships. Um, you know, they're, they're the sorts of things that we think that it can turn around really quickly, you know, before the shipping expectations that the Iconic have set us, which is <laughs> order now and it's on your doorstep in two hours. Now, instant payments can still help solve that, but that's going to take a, a little bit more time. Yeah, I think it's, it is an exciting space. Um, and I think the fact that the expectations change so quickly means that businesses have to keep up. And I think it's, it's an exciting place to be in the payment space or in that technology space. Um, and I think to finish up, it would be good to know what, what the future looks like for GoCardless. Are there anything in particular you're really excited about or anything that you know, is, is um, on the agenda for the next 12 to 24 months? So there's all of those things that we've spoken about already to do with the scheme. I think we're really excited about continuing to build the things that are very unique that sit on top of that infrastructure. So the things that are within our control that no one else is thinking about or investing in because no one knows invoice and, and you know, recurring payments like we do. Um, the other thing that I'm really excited about is our business continuing to invest in our market. Um, you know, we want to be a true disruptor to the option of you getting these types of payments from your bank. And the more we put people on the ground, the more customers we talk to, um, you know, the more experiences that we can help create and the more help that we can be to those businesses. So um, they're the two things in parallel that, yeah, there's a market opportunity and that's driving the investment. But we've even, you know, over the last two years, you know, shown our business that what our market has created as an opportunity and, and we're excited. Like we've got two new joiners with us today. And, um, you know, every time the business goes to do a, a planning phase for what headcount looks like, then that, um, that's exciting. Fantastic. Well, thanks both Luke and Carolyn for joining us today. I think there's a lot here that will be um, of interest both to our Australian listeners, but also to those in the UK or globally who are thinking about open banking, thinking about what we can learn and also who are interested in that business space as well. So. Can't thank you enough for your time. Um, and I guess if, if our listeners do want to find out more about GoCardless, where should they be looking? Uh, so there's definitely gocardless.com. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the only, the only thing to preface there is whether you're scared about open banking and instant payments and what that means, or, or it's, it's already something that you're thinking about. Um, you know, we've invested in people who, who can definitely um, to come out and have a chat and help. So yeah, if you'd like more specialized treatment, I suppose my details will be here as a part of the podcast somewhere. So we can, you can definitely reach out directly. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much. Um, and thanks for your time. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Global Digital Banker podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean.